The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi guys, it's Gabby and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. If you're new here, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a best-selling author and now podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry and so much more. I'm also highlighting super cool companies at the end of every episode so we can support small businesses in the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. I am so excited to have one of my very best friends in the whole wide world on the podcast today, Catherine McCord. She is the owner and founder of Weelicious. She's the co-founder of One Potato, which we'll get into later. She is one of my favorite humans on this entire planet. And she is the queen of the farmer's market. So all of your questions, we are about to get answered in terms of storing food. We're going over literally everything. Hi, Catherine. Hi. I'm so excited. This is so fun and surreal. We've never Zoomed together before. I've been missing this in my life. I feel like I haven't seen your face since like I picked up avocados 20 feet away from you in your driveway. And this makes me very happy. Priorities. It's really, it's all about avocados and sourdough. That's it. <laughs> okay, wait. First, before we get into all of the questions, give everyone a backstory on Weelicious and One Potato and how One Potato came out of a Weelicious idea. Oh my gosh. All right. So Weelicious started after culinary school when I realized that I could cook a four-star meal and I had no idea what the heck to feed a kid <laughs> uh, and how to make a kid a great eater. So Weelicious really was just born out of like creating a community of being like stuck at home as a new mom and you don't have any friends and you don't have a community. And it just became like trading recipes and how to get kids to eat and make, you know, instead of being a short order cook, feeling like you're cooking for every different person in your family, that you're making one meal for the entire family. So I wrote Weelicious, I wrote Weelicious Lunches, and then the Smoothie Project Cookbook, which just came out, which is all about like smoothies from birth to AARP, how to drink smoothies, like real food, get your body fired up, whether you're trying to lose weight or you have a child with ADHD or you don't eat vegetables and you're just trying to get them in, but in a delicious way. And really one potatoes started with families just coming to me and saying, okay, I've got the cookbooks and I've got the recipes on weelicious.com, but like, just send me the food. Uh, And it really, it's like, it's just desperation because when you're a parent and especially two working parents, it's exhausting being creative. Like when you're single or a couple, you have more flexibility, but when you have kids, you have to feed them 21 meals plus (laughs) snacks. For every child, every day of the week. (laughs) So much. So much. It's such a vicious cycle. So one potato, we send you two or three meals. They're dinners. They take 12 to 30 minutes. They're all organic. They're really DIY. So it makes everything really fun and easy. And you get to pick your meals week to week. So you get to be creative. And then we just launched the smoothies. So you get frozen smoothie packets. It's eight different recipes like immunity booster, blue chia, antioxidant smoothie. And it's the frozen smoothie packet. You just pop in your blender with whatever milk you want. And voila, you have a smoothie. So brilliant. And are the smoothies in every state yet? So we're in, the smoothies are in eight states and we launched the smoothie packets nationwide this summer. So major. 
you're not busy. You just have like that running multiple companies, three children running around the house, homeschooling. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally like that hamster on the wheel. That's like, <laughs> like really just round and round, not really going anywhere, but just like, <laughs> well, you look cute. <laughs> okay. So you go to the farmer's market or pre COVID, you would go to the farmer's market religiously every Sunday. I think you and I both think of it as like church. We love it. It's like where you go and decompress and you see all your friends and you support your farmers, all the things. You normally go to Hollywood. I normally go to Santa Monica, but occasionally I'll drive over to you. (laughs) Which I love. And when I go to the Santa Monica farmer's market, I'm like, oh my God, look at this. Because there are a few different vendors. It, It is. It's like going to a different island for vacation. It's very fun though. And I feel like we've both picked up more CSA type stuff since COVID hit. And so we're getting produce that we wouldn't necessarily get. I remember I texted you with the first week I got my, and I was like, what is this? Like, I, I, it was like Spegarella or something. I didn't. Isn't it funny? Like, I always feel like for the two of us, like, of course we know everything. We know every vegetable, every fruit. And then there's just one that you're like, God, that farmer, like they just keep, nature just keeps creating like better stuff. It's incredible. But I feel like people have picked up going to like pick up stuff from local farms since COVID so they can support local businesses and like they can avoid grocery store lines or anything. And so we have been getting literally hundreds of questions and comments about how to store things. And you have like a very diligent way of doing everything. (laughs) Well, because we buy like 80% of the food that we buy in our house comes from the Hollywood farmer's market or a farmer's market, because for the most part, we try to eat real food. We try to cook all of our meals or most of our meals, except when we're supporting a local restaurant. And, you know, you want variety, you want to be creative. And I think that that's what's amazing about CSAs in the farmer's market. But when it comes to stocking the fridge, like I loathe waste. It pains me when something goes bad or rots early or like mold. And so I've found that by the way that you store your food in your refrigerator can extend its shelf life anywhere from two days to 10 days. Wow. 10 days. Well, let me tell you something, because I've done it many times. Like if you put a, like a head of cauliflower, like just in your fridge, open, it wilts. It's shocking. It's like, it gets like soft and mushy within two days. But, you know, if you store it properly, you're like, oh, wow, it's almost like crisp, like, you know, out of the ground for, you know, days after. So let's talk about storage containers before we get into specific types of produce. You use glassware lined with paper towel for the most part, or do you also use the reusable bags or what are your go-to things? There are so many. So I love a company called Wean Green, but in general, like I love glass containers because you can see everything in your refrigerator. And I think that that's part of it. Like sometimes you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know it was there. You're so mad at yourself. So as soon as we get like our berries, for example, at the farmer's market, we take brown paper towel. You can use white or brown, but I prefer brown because they're not bleached. And I just do uh, like a double lining pour the berries in. And like, there's always a debate over whether you lock it or you leave it slightly ajar. I leave that to everybody to fight out for themselves. Do you rinse the berries before you put them in there? I never rinse any of my produce until I'm ready to eat it because the second that water hits produce and especially things without a skin, like a berry Mm -hmm. or lettuce, you're adding more moisture to it. So it's going to mold or rot faster. Right. Yeah. Same here. We never do it. And usually I just eat all the raspberries the second they come home anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I see mulberries and I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Get in my face. Okay. So double lining with the brown paper towel and a glass nap where either locked or unlocked, 
and that how long do the berries normally last like that? I mean, I can make my berries go two weeks. So it's exponential because if you buy them at the grocery in the plastic and they sit with that pad, that's Mm -hmm. all like grabbing the moisture. It's just like, basically your berry is sitting in a little pool of water. Yeah. So if you're able to keep that moisture away from your berries, then all of a sudden there's nothing to compete with. They're just going to stay nice and like dry and fresh. And so do you change the paper towel or is it good for two weeks? It depends how fresh your berries are when you get them. If they're super fresh, you won't need to, but you know, sometimes you get your berries and you're like, uh Oh, bummer. Like they're already sort of soft. So you do want to change those, you know? And the other thing, like sometimes if you get fruit, that's just overripe, you didn't pick it. It came from a CSA, whatever reason, you should also immediately wash it, cut it, put it on parchment lined baking sheets and freeze it Yeah, because that's going to extend the life. And then you can turn it into smoothies or pour it into oatmeal or whatever you want. While we're on the fruit train, do you typically buy produce to freeze for your smoothies or do you buy frozen produce? It was in the freezer at the grocery. Now it's in the freezer at your home and then keep the fresh produce for like yogurt bowls or whatever your salads, whatever it is. Yeah, we go through so much because there's five of us. We go through such a volume of fresh produce that for the most part, I buy frozen fruit for smoothies, like pre-packaged grocery organic bags of frozen fruit. And then fresh, we just have for picking, like you said, like, you know, on oatmeal, cereal, so on and so forth. But having said that, we have a passion fruit vine. It'll drop like, you know, hundreds of passion fruits. So we'll open them and put them into little freezer cubes and then freeze them to add into things like smoothies. Or if we just like, if we go crazy and get like way too many pints of Harry's berries and they're, you know, about to go bad, God forbid, lose a Harry's berry. Those are gold. like a dollar a piece. Kidding, not kidding. We will freeze them or I'll turn them into fruit leather or something like that. Yeah. Your very, your fruit leather tutorials are on your website, right? Yes. We'll link them. Okay. So let's go to vegetables because I feel like fruit is for the most part in the liner, no big deal or in the freezer. Are you ready for this? I made a list. I'm going to just like run through them and I want you to just tell us how you store them. Okay. Good. Okay. Cucumbers. Usually in just a plastic bag with a brown paper towel folded up to grab any moisture, but Persian cucumbers are very hearty. Eggplant. Eggplant. That actually is one of those things that I will keep on the counter for a few days. And if I don't get to it, I put it in the drawer in the bottom. Davi Duck and I got one thing in common and that's our love for eggplant. We have lots in common, but yes, we will tear up (laughs) some eggplant together. That's weird. Most girlfriends are like, let's have cheese and wine. And we're like, give me the eggplant. (laughs) (laughs) Green beans. Green beans, whatever bag from the farmer's market, like plastic. Again, green beans, very hearty. Onions. Counter or anywhere in a dark space because they sprout really quickly if they're not fresh, especially. On the same lines of sprouting, potatoes and sweet potatoes. Generally, I have a drawer in my kitchen that I keep them in. But weirdly enough, because we buy really, the potatoes at the farmer's market are super fresh. I have potatoes that are sitting, sweet potatoes that are sitting from like the beginning of COVID because I bought like a hundred thinking we were going to like never have a potato again. They're fine. They're on the counter. They're on the counter in a dark, like in a corner. So there's no sunlight getting to them. But like I saw them yesterday. I was like, I should bake these off. But yes. And when you said earlier that you sometimes put potatoes and sweet potatoes in a drawer, that's not in your fridge. That's just like a drawer in your pantry or something. Do not put potatoes in the refrigerator. They will like grab the moisture and they will get super funky. So do they absorb the like flavor of whatever else is in your fridge? Potatoes are very funny. They're almost like sponges. So potatoes only in dark spot cabinet drawer 
no sunlight. Zucchini. Refrigerator drawer. Okay. Asparagus. Refrigerator drawer. And all of these, I should say, like whenever, they, again, like asparagus are decently hardy also, but just put a brown paper towel, fold it up in the bag with them. That paper towel will grab the moisture opposed to the, like the asparagus getting it. Here's a question for you. If that asparagus doesn't give off any moisture and you use the asparagus and the paper towel is still good, would you then reuse that paper towel for something else? I do reuse it. We haven't had any paper towel in our house in two months. I couldn't find any at the beginning of COVID. And so then I just started not using it. Honestly, I miss the brown stuff for putting it in the fridge with produce, but I've been eating things so quickly because we don't have to buy as much because it's just, I mean, when Catherine said the volume of food they go through is a lot, I just want to speak from experience from being there for dinner and breakfast many days. It's five people is a lot of people to feed. (laughs) Yeah, my son's a vegetarian, three carnivores. Like it's just, there's a lot of volume. There's a lot of volume. Okay, so not corn on the cob and do you buy it husked or unhusked? I mean, the lazy girl here at the farmer's market when the guy's sitting there and husking them, if I'm going to be eating it on Sunday or Monday because we shop on Sunday, then I buy them husks from him. I'm like, you do it. So I don't have to mess up my kitchen. I would always say like, keep it on the husk, keep the silks because that's just going to protect the corn and keep it nice and fresh. Cabbage. Cabbage is like another hearty one. Like my kids are obsessed with cabbage. They eat raw cabbage. Like it's going out of style. And like, um, just like a bite off the head. And not everyone sees Gemma eating things like Chloe eats cauliflower right off the head. So I just want to paint this picture. (laughs) The the painted picture is like pre-COVID. If I would stop at the health food store on the way home after school and I'd be like, you guys can go ahead, go get any snack you want. Chloe always comes back with a head of cabbage and she sits and eats every leaf for like, (laughs) I mean, her poop is like, I mean, the fiber is on another planet. So yes, cabbage is very hearty. Put it in the refrigerator in the bottom drawer. Okay, carrots. Bottom drawer, keep them peeled because we buy ours loose. So we put them in a plastic bag with a brown paper towel to absorb the moisture. And you don't peel them until it's time to use them. Right. Yeah, never peel them. Yeah. And I mean, look, I love a baby carrot, but there is nothing like a fresh carrot that's like that you peel. And that's another thing. Like my kids just will be like, can I have a carrot? Sure. Yeah. I just wash them really well. We don't always peel them unless the peel is like really dirty. Well, that's something we should talk about because I almost never peel my carrots, especially when I'm roasting them. Like I'll scrub them. And then I just feel like 450 degrees is going to kill off anything I put in the oven basically. Right. Okay. Totally. Thank you for having my back. People ask me that all the time. Like I don't sit there like destroy my produce washing it because it's true. Like 400, 425. Like that's another thing. I know we're not talking about it, but like never wash your chicken because that just spills salmonella everywhere. And the heat is going to kill off anything, you know, when you're cooking it. We have this debate on Insta stories, me and like a handful of people, viewers, every Thanksgiving. And I'm like, don't wash it. Don't do it. (laughs) They're like, no, my grandma did it. And I'm like, your grandma was a lovely person, but she was wrong. (laughs) totally wrong. My grandma did it too, but like she's not cooking Thanksgiving anymore. (laughs) They were probably killing the turkey in the backyard. It's not going to have any salmonella anyway. Okay. Let's talk about herbs, cilantro, basil. What do you do with those? That's always one of those toss-ups too. I keep, I mean, look, we try to grow as many as possible. I keep them in water to keep them fresh. Like you'll even, if you put cilantro like in water, it'll like keep sprouting. It's kind of 
crazy in that way. But same thing, like if, if I'm just buying like loose cilantro, I'll wrap them in dry paper towel just to keep them from getting too much moisture. And you really, you can extend the life of herbs, like take them out of your package. When you buy them at the grocery, I know it's an extra step. Like you spent $2 buying them. You might as well get them to go an extra week because like rosemary, thyme, they will stay around for weeks. Yeah, forever. Okay, a couple more. Dark leafy greens, like collard, kale, stuff like that. Yep, so we buy those loose and we keep them in plastic bags with brown paper towel. Okay, and last one, point, like it's a hot topic because everyone I feel like is trying to eat more salads, lettuce. Yeah. So for the most part, I didn't do this for a long time, but because I was like, it's the lazy girl in me. I was just like, just buy it in the plastic bag. So you can just, you know, pre-washed everything. But I've really gotten in the rhythm of buying big, beautiful heads of lettuce. It's amazing. They will last for so long. So do not wash it. I love my salad spinner. So I just cut it, salad spin it and wash it when I'm ready. But we just keep them in plastic bags, again, with a piece of paper towel to grab any moisture. But I find that lettuce, if you buy fresh lettuce, it's really hearty. I mean, yeah. it'll last nine days, sometimes longer. I got some lettuce in my CSA this week and it was so dirty when I got to me, which is fine. It was just dirt. And I put it in my salad center. I soaked it for like 10 minutes and like kind of gave it a little massage before I drained it, re-rinsed it and spun it again. Perfect. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like we live in California where water is a commodity. So I'm like, turn off the water. So it's like, I think that people also, this is actually a really good one for just saving water. People always think you've got to keep the water like running, 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 just get a big bowl, dump in. Like if you're making shish kebab, like your cucumber and your bell peppers and put it all in there and just like, you can either, you can do hand soap. Like you can do a little dish soap if, to clean your vegetables. You can buy vinegar and water, fruit and vegetable spray, any of that. Do you use any of those sprays or any of that stuff? I do. So I use for blueberries, I do fruit and vegetable wash. Like I buy a, a squirt bottle because it's kind of crazy. Like how much, it, like your blueberries look like kind of white and then you spray them and like rinse them and they like all of a sudden are like bright blue. <laughs> I do it for like anything that we're going to be eating the peel. So like apples, I always do, or I'll just like do vinegar. And we have a bottle that we mix vinegar and water. It's like just a combination. And this is like a real good culinary school tip that when people get salmonella, it's actually coming from things that you wouldn't imagine. And the number one culprit is melons. And as we go into melon season, because when you have a melon, if you don't wash it, and I think a lot of people don't think to wash a honeydew or a cantaloupe, and your knife goes through continually, you're taking whatever bacteria is on the skin, and it's going through the flesh, which you're then eating. So that's the same reason, like washing lettuce and melons those are like two big ones. So whenever you get a cantaloupe or a watermelon, just put dish soap on the outside and rinse, wash it, rinse it and good to go. And then you can eat it straight out of the thing with a spoon. <laughs> oh, my kids eat the skin because in Brazil, watermelon skin oh. is like, yeah. So let all my kids, Chloe will like take out the red part of the watermelon and just want the green. So weird. Okay. This we're ending on this question because it has nothing to do with what we just talked about, but I feel like we've touched on the kids so much and they all are such good eaters. How did you get them to be such good eaters? I never made a big deal about it. I just gave them everything and I love it and showed them it was delicious and let them realize like, 
green vegetables aren't like bad. And I feel like kids like emulate what their parents do. And you like when you when we have lunch together, your salads are like legendary. So one of my favorite things, I work with someone and I was eating asparagus and he was like, oh, asparagus. I was like, why? He's like, I've never tried it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, my dad didn't like it, so I don't like it. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so I, and, and I got him to like asparagus and he was like, I just thought I never liked it. So I think that, you know, it's your pa- parents have like a lot. hundred. I had my mom on the podcast a few weeks ago and we talked about how she got me to have this like balanced approach to food. And she was like, I just never made a big deal about it. Like if you wanted to have four cookies, I let you have four cookies, but like, you know, if you didn't feel great afterwards, that was on you. Your mother and I, <laughs> I know she's you're an animal. You guys love each other. I can't wait for you to hang out again at Friendsgiving 2027. Oh my God. Don't you? Oh, you're mean. That was so mean. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Please, we'll have a Zoom Friendsgiving this year. Better. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That would be pretty epic. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all of your wisdom. You are the best. Love you. I love you. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine episode. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. If you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatscobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon.